QVC Quality Violent Cinema. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the very first episode of Quality Violent Cinema. My name is Ian Bracken. I'm Christian Mickelson. And this podcast will be helping you guys get acquainted with your two hosts. First of all, Christian, what brings you to wanting to start a new podcast? Well, I've been into the uh, horse scene for a while. I kind of grew up very young watching and kind of getting into the more out there. Um, and then more of recent couple of years, um, just from different friends and everything, I've been getting more into the underbelly and the little more avant-garde forms of cinema um and it's just been kind of this ongoing curiosity of seeking out more films and more things and to a point where it became more more of a less of a hobby and just more something that just embodied my whole entire being um so i figured it'd be a nice way to take something that i really truly enjoy and make something out of it yeah and me personally i've been into it probably since i was I'm 34 now, so that kind of dates this episode. So I'm 34 now, and I think about the age of 13 is when I really started getting into horror movies. It all started with, you know, parents starting to let me rent some rated R movies. Um, Then eventually, you know, I started finding stuff like uh, Lucille Fulci movies like The Beyond and House by the Cemetery. And it all went downhill, I think, once I discovered... uh, Ichi the Killer ad in Fangoria. Um, then I started checking out the Japanese stuff. That led to me starting to order DVDRs of burned stuff from uh, Daisuke Yamanuchi, the guy that did like Muzani and stuff. And in high school, I was watching, you know, pretty nasty stuff that still makes uh, extreme horror lists now. So, what was your like, what was your progression? To the extreme. Like, did you start off watching extreme stuff? No, not really. I mean, it's kind of. I mean, early Peter Jackson, you know, kind of like the B-rate, bad, kind of gory, but nothing too, you know, shocking. Um, It wasn't until actually moving to Washington, I think it was just kind of coming from Hawaii, being in this life of, you know, beauty or outside all the time, and then just being kind of indoors um, kind of led me to being almost bored and uh, seeking out a lot of stuff to fill that void. And uh, I'm not going to lie, a lot of it was, you know, legal downloading of films kind of got me into and just finding these sources of a lot of things that just stuff I never heard of. And then that led into more appreciation of the films themselves and actually showing respect and, and actually properly buying these films and getting into the actual releases of these things and, and just seeing what you know, how far these films actually go. You know, I, just, I realizing that I had was barely even on the tip of the iceberg of um, of films, and just knowing that there's so much out there just intrigued me more and more. And then I just kind of dug fully deep once I kind of got into, you know, unearthed and massacre films and things like that. They kind of just catered to all those um, truly underground films. So. Back when you were in Hawaii, did you have access to to more extreme stuff, or was it all just stuff on the internet that you'd see? Or well, I, Hawaii didn't really do much of it at all. I didn't seek anything. 
like I said, it was more here more recently. I mean, I did when I was in Houston, when I was like in high school. Um, but like what really got me actually started in a lot of this is, you know, growing up and with my mom, um, where she worked in a little indie video store that had a porn room in the back kind of thing. So they had a lot of non, you know, unrated, not the stuff you typically find on Blockbuster. So, you know, so a lot of it was more like the cult classic stuff though, you know, like the ones that are kind of more like sexploitation type things, but not necessarily the like full moon. extremely graphic. Yeah. The full moon stuff and the trauma. <clears throat> yeah. Trauma, you know, all that's kind of cheesy, mm-hmm. you know, things, but the truly extreme was really, really kind of recently. And, but I'm definitely one of those people that once I get into something, I get really obsessive and become kind of a completionist. I mean, say that I almost own every unearthed film now and yeah, I've been <laughs> yeah, collecting I've been. for a very short amount of time. So just to let the <clears throat> listeners know, um, we live in the same town and we actually met through, um, I forgot what it was called, Extreme Underground Facebook group or something. Mm-hmm. And I was selling my movies on there. And I think you bought a guinea pig, uh, mermaid in the manhole. He yeah. never dies. And, and that was recently. That was my first like real full like trying to submerge into buying the really, you know, harder to find, seeking out the harder to find stuff. Where I was like, all right, I'll spend a little extra to get it. You know. Yeah, and so I went to the post office to send this thing out, and I'm like, holy crap, he lives in the same town as me. Like it was so weird. So I messaged him. I'm like, hey, do you want me to just drive this to you? And he's like, yeah, sure. Um, what else do you have for sale? And I'm like, I'll just, I think he just told me to bring my whole box. So I brought the whole box of uh, movies I was selling and he ended up buying like 15 of them or something. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and um, then, you know, he, he gave me, uh, you know, a link to where he has a lot of his movies. And so I've been watching a lot of his movies that he has on a server. And um, from then on, we've just been talking nonstop about movies and we we're like let's just start a podcast because we just talk about movies on facebook messenger pretty much every day yeah and, and i kind of like i have you know a lot of my friends know that i'm i'm into this type of cinema but none of them are really kind of into it they'll like they'll get into like bad horror they might like you know they might know about faces of death and but they don't really like dive into it so it was kind of like a uh awesome to know somebody i can like talk their ear off about and and not think that I'm a fucking weirdo. Yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> it is really crazy because even, like, I have friends that are horror fans and stuff, and, like, my brother's a big horror fan, um, but he can't stand the extreme stuff. Like, I used to watch, you know, I mean, he liked Audition and stuff, but, like, as soon as I showed him Ichi the Killer, he's like, nah, I'm out. Or Visitor Q, he's like, nah. Um, Which I don't even think is that. That's tame in, like, in, in some aspects. Well, but, not yeah. to not to certain yeah, mainstream but audiences. It yeah, it shows yeah. you where people are at. And, well, luckily, and my crazy. wife and your girlfriend like a lot of the extreme stuff, too. Right. So and they, they understand it. us. When it comes to, you know, <clears throat> even if you try to go into forums, Reddit, Facebook groups, uh, horror groups... It's really hard to relate to the other people when it comes to blood and gore. A lot of people on there don't even like slasher films. They think slasher films are too violent, and they prefer the more paranormal stuff. And I feel like that is a a big change that we've had uh, in horror. Horror has so many subgenre groups, and I think that's like the one of the few genres that have, I think, probably the most subgenres within a genre. Definitely, and it has the most fans of 
different subgenres. Oh, yeah, and they're where some people divided. are really divided on it. Mm-hmm. And you know, nowadays, my unbiased opinion is that paranormal movies are probably the biggest, I think, in the industry. So movies like The Conjuring and right. um, earlier, like Insidious and stuff but like there's that. There's formulated horror is just pushed out. And, I don't know, yeah. You know. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of paranormal movies. I like the older stuff. I love Poltergeist and the Entity. Yeah, but and even the Amityville. Yeah, some of those I like Amityville too a lot. Yeah, Procession's great. Yeah, but uh, I think even when I watch certain extreme movies now, I'm really wanting more blood and more gore. Right. Um, it's hard to, and it's hard to get out of that because once you see like you know a lot of crazy gore and you, you try to watch other films that are relatively tame and if they don't have a good story that hooks you in then you're just like you know just immediately turn it off and just bored (laughs) and i'm honestly uh, that's kind of where you and i differ on extreme film too is when it comes to story um i tend to like things that have a lot more story you like uh more like ex ex exhibitionist kind of material i like uh, it's it's kind of like a feeding and curiosity for that but then i also do love and my biggest, you know, draws for good films are just art house story gets in your head mm-hmm. type films, you know, like Possession 1981 is yeah, a masterpiece in my my book. Yeah, by no means was <clears throat> I saying that you only like trash because I think you <laughs> well, have, I do like trash. <laughs> yeah, you like you like everything. You love sleaze, you love trash, you love the Criterion collection. Um yeah. yeah, I see you, I mean, I've seen your film collection on your servers a lot of french new wave stuff in there and um yeah. classic stuff but you know at the same time you have stuff from bilzy bub too so well yeah and uh which is awesome because i'm the same way i like i'm that way with music too I, i'm very well-rounded and i i don't just like one thing there's i think that's a problem with no, a lot of people sure. is like i only like heavy metal right and, don't and people get turned off by things immediately and i, I just feel like you know people just can't branch out you know and that's why like i think extreme cinema is kind of one of those things that maybe it should stay underground because as soon as it starts like surfacing and somewhat mainstream it just turns off a lot of people like you see that in serbian film and how mainstream that became and how it became an instant turnoff to people because they think the everyone that's into extreme stuff is into these really you know fucked up concepts but like you I mean yes but that's not what it's all about i mean we did kind of see it in the early 2000s uh around the time that the term torture porn was coined uh we had eli roth making the hostile movies we had right. of, uh, alexander alexander asha uh putting out uh high tension and then uh starting to release stuff in america like uh he did um hills of eyes remake which you know to us those don't seem that extreme but really it is crazy to think that Hostel 2, you know, that had a dick getting ripped off and fed right. to a dog. Uh, Hills of Ice 2, or 1 and 2 came out in theaters. Those both had rape scenes that were pretty brutal. Well, it's kind of like a bell curve that in the mainstream horror that there's definitely one that's like... And it's kind of feedering into the um, the underbelly of being a little bit, like, okay to be mainstream. And the Ice Spit on Your Grave remake, I think that holds up to a lot of extreme movies. Like, the gore yeah. in that is extravagant mm-hmm. like it's a bloody messed up movie i'd, I'd say in the we early 2000s vu, yeah. <laughs> what's that we won't talk about deja vu but all the other ones are oh yeah, i still need to see that i actually awful. like the first three i spend your grave movies it's awful the new ones but yeah i heard bad things but then i think those movies that torture porn label 
really turned a lot of people away from horror mm. and it also turned a lot of horror people right. away from each other it, it divided the, the scene yeah it was like kind of like grindhouse with the roughies you know and how that kind of started ruining people it's like all these like like all right we'll, we'll see some sex but then when it's when they start putting violence with sex and being these you know whatever and all of a sudden the audience is separated yeah and then now what we have is like these people that only like the paranormal movies mm-hmm. and the other people that only like the extreme right um, and so, you can like both but it's i think it's a lot of times like hard what we were saying it's like once uh once you've gotten to a degree of certain horror like bullshit mainstream is just you just see through it so much that it's just it's almost impossible to watch but there are some good mainstream things coming out. Oh, for sure. I don't know. I don't know how much you like mainstream. Do you watch mainstream horror? Though, I I, I do, but like it's I'm picky. I'm very picky about yeah. it. Um, like there has been a very select few like movies in the. Can you talk a little bit? Two thousands that have been that great. <clears throat> At least when it comes to later two thousands or like more recent. Yeah, I I'd say, so my wife and I we pretty much try to pick up on everything new that comes out that looks slightly good so i'm trying to think of the last one we saw i mean midsummer was really good yeah um, midsummer is good um anything by ari aster is good even though that gets a lot of hype so it's annoying to listen to people talk about it but yeah um, and bloom house gets overrated yeah but and then uh we watched unfriended too the other night which was kind of fun so yeah i'll like keep up with that stuff but overall i'm like my favorite era of the movies is got to be the seventies and the eighties. Yeah. Um, it's hard to compete with the seventies and eighties with horror. Yeah. I mean, especially, I mean, back then stuff was not even trying, didn't even feel like they were like putting any effort to being extreme. It's just, that kind of was the time. Like the seventies was a very violent time. So it kind of just kind of came out right. on the screen. And that's why I feel like, yeah, no, for sure, and that's what it, why it was so impactful. It was, it was a time when people were going through things and kind of, like, it fit with the era. And, I mean, we, there's definitely a lot of it, but violence now is a, is a lot more real. <laughs> it is. I mean, like, for example, um, if you were to make a exploitation movie about a mass shooting, um, it hits a lot harder now than it would, you know, if you made it in the maybe pre Columbine even, but mm-hmm. even lately mass shootings have gotten so common that it's like, it's kind of scary. It's honestly, I think a movie about a mass shooting is scarier to me <laughs> than uh, like most of the August underground or oh. whatever. Oh yeah. Just no, cause that sure. topic is like, it's so fresh and hard to, hard to comprehend, you know, a Sandy hook movie would be terrifying if they, if done properly. Yeah. No, for sure, especially modern times right now with COVID and, and all this, you know, stuff and just how much writing and violence and all that's just created. And, yeah, there's a lot of stuff you could tap into now. But for some reason, um, I mean, COVID is part of the reason, but, like, a lot of movies aren't even getting produced now. There's a lot of stuff that, I mean, you look at what's come out this year, it's been such, a, such slim pickings, mm-hmm. and especially for, you know, the extreme scene because there's a lot less money in the extreme scene. Right. So you have you, people, you have to get up up close and personal. It's hard, you know. Yeah. It seems like a lot of stuff that's coming out now has like one or two actors in it just cuz that's kind of how COVID is turning the low budget film industry into just these like one or two people movies. So, what are your like what are your favorite movies? Do you did you do you have a, like a list or anything or 
Uh, yeah, actually, I, I end up just writing down a lot of the stuff I own. I'm, I'm kind of a completionist, so I end up collecting all the Lucifer Valentines, um, all the guinea pigs, all the American guinea pigs. Um, I have about, like, 70 unearthed films. Nathan Rumbler, I uh, love all of his stuff. Um, talking about modern, cheesy, funny stuff. I own all the Fred Vogel stuff, um, which... We'll get more into the topic of that. That's that's more to be an completionist and not even 100% like all into all those films. And then, I mean, the list goes on of the stuff I, I like. It's, it's hard to describe like what's my favorite. I mean, a lot of directors, I love Just Franco. I'm into this really artsy horror. And that's why I like a lot of, uh, I do like the exploitation. I do like the graphic. I do like the gory. But I do love me some um, good Euro, just artistic, well shot, you know, type films um that really spend the time and the effort into taking time in their shots but yeah i mean uh, but my my variety goes all over the place even try to get into a little bit of mixtapes but not too much because I'm, I'm trying to keep my sanity <laughs> yeah oh <laughs> uh, yeah there was a time when i would try to watch the most fucked up videos ever i mean right. i definitely came from the earlier days of the internet where you know you'd just seek out individual clips and now there's these like you know of course there was the traces of death and faces of death back in the 90s but now there's like they just go far above what is in those videos i mean but i, I love the new stuff you know yeah. um like junk films and wasteland and you know the yeah i'm talking more stuff. about like the md pope and the porn yeah. and stuff i mean basically it's just so sick that like you know watching gore of people getting mangled and stuff is it's it's hard to watch but like for me it's a lot easier to watch than animal death and people eating shit right like, well that was even funny because the md pope is like the first one is almost like half animal cruelty and the other one is animal cruelty free it's like it's still freaking disgusting that's <laughs> weird that's weird that they even tried to do that yeah and it was labeled yeah. it was like on the on the dvd is like cruelty free like animal cruelty free. and it's actually crazy because i remember when those came out and that the guy that made that's a total scumbag and i hope he dies but <laughs> um uh when those came out you know they, they were getting some traction in the underground scene and people were buying they still it are. yeah I still well see I, on that's eBay what i was time. gonna say is um that stupid iceberg came out and you can look up the extreme horror iceberg right. online and since then people are making md pope uh, reaction videos over the last couple months since the iceberg came out yeah and it's gaining a new audience these well i'm not gonna lie i, I did look at some films i didn't know about on iceberg and i did too. investigate some of my own i did get channel 309 because of that which well we i mean all into that later <laughs> There's people right now that are seriously building their YouTube career as of Oh yeah, and some of, of the it last I've seen months. was actually pretty respectful and he did they did a pretty good job of like laying them all out just for the people that didn't want to have to have their search engine be all I don't like to really give those kind of things any thought or time anymore because they're not for me. Um, I don't like getting grossed out like that anymore. Like, well, I feel like it's like feeding your curiosity, but when you once you've kind of felt that curiosity, then then you're it's just it's the same old shit. Yeah, I used to watch Two Girls One Cup like 
multiple times a day to gross out my friends. Like I don't need right. to see it anymore. Yeah, it's it's fun for parties if you're trying to gross people out, yeah. or they, they think that they know gross stuff. And you're like, oh, we really? You know, but I'm kind of like at my age, like I don't have anyone to gross out. What am I going right. to show my eight year old son that? <laughs> like, no. right? Give it uh, to your son to scare their their friends. Yeah, <laughs> maybe when he's a, maybe when they're a teenager, I'll be like, hey, you want to scare your friends? <laughs> You want to never be invited over. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't like that. I don't really don't like that mixtape stuff. Like, for me, when it comes to extreme stuff, like, there, I really, nowadays, I require a story. There needs to be a story um, and something to, like, kind of keep me moving. I don't really care about bad acting. Um, I think that bothers a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But I can, I can handle it, like, to a certain mm-hmm. degree um, as long as there's something interesting going on, especially when it comes to stuff like necrophiles or... Yeah. I, mean, I think some of those movies have their place, like Tumbling Dolls of Flesh and, you know, all those different ones are more Japanese things. But, yeah, they're, they're definitely... And there's one of those ones that you can't find the subtitles, but you really don't need the subtitles, you know, like Saudi Screams and stuff, which is kind of funny because when you think about what it is, it's like... I mean, that's you a don't cool even thing about it. foreign movies, though. It's like, if it's not in English, then, like, the bad acting can kind of pass, you know? Sometimes. Right. I mean, you can tell sometimes, <laughs> but... Right. But then, you know, you have foreign directors like Olaf Edenbach casting German actors doing English lines and the acting is just terrible and those right. movies are only good because of the special effects and otherwise they're like almost unwatchable because the acting I, is so bad. I got into a lot of Jess Franco trying to get like basically everything of Jess Franco and it, it's really hard to get subtitles to match so you end up having to get the ones that are dubbed and the acting is just awful over the dub sometimes and you're like i don't want to <laughs> i mean Can i just get the actual version of this please i was watching uh what is what is the director you kept telling me about gene gene rollins gene rollins i watched uh the grapes of death the other night yeah that and good. that acting is i mean it's in french but i can tell the acting is just so bad yeah yeah they're they're yeah Lips of blood. And the effects are terrible, but the effects, the thing about those, it's weird because the effects are, they're bad, but they're fun to watch because they're just, it's so violent. Right. Well, a lot of the both, I think, I'm not sure about Gene Rollins, but I know Jess Franco, a lot of that is just improv. You know, there's not a lot of script. And so that's why the acting is not necessarily anything because it's never was anything yeah it's just like literally them just let's make a movie take your pants off okay that's it yes yeah. <laughs> nudity and gore but it, it was you know it was pretty i mean for its time it was pretty extreme on the extreme side no for so. sure i, I mean I, I, all joking aside i love just franco for me though i mean like i said earlier what really got me into extreme cinema was asian movies for sure and um it started off with Takashi Miike and with Ichi the Killer because I saw that Adam Fangoria. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, a lot of his stuff um, around that era of his filmmaking was pretty extreme. But it did lead me down to like to stuff like the All Night Long movies. Yeah. All and um, those movies are, if you haven't seen them, I would check out at least the first three. Definitely the third one. The third was my favorite. Yeah, the third one is just like, an otaku if you don't know what that is it's like kind of a kind of like what we call an incel yeah. uh that just doesn't ever leave you know it gets in your skin for and sure. he's just stalking these girls and like is it just one girl no well i think it starts with one girl yeah yeah but he's yeah he's mostly obsessed with the girl but he like follows her menstruing cycle through her trash and like all this weird yeah stuff. <laughs> it's, it's really entertaining but it's yeah. like but the first one i thought was really good too just because like 
that one actually felt like a film while the other two were like shot on digital and were just like the other two were like almost like a guinea pig movie yeah but um, there's six of them but the other ones are are the same thing where they're not ever u.s released so good luck finding the subtitles yeah but like you said you don't really need the subtitles yeah and then there was a schoolgirl in cement which was like really brutal that was based on the true story of the girl that got kidnapped by those like 16 year old kids and tortured and then put in cement um there was the guinea pig movies that i saw yeah that was definitely got me into the japanese gore for sure yeah i think that's the case for a lot of people yeah and then it was crazy because um back then uh the early 2000s um not only was takashi miike getting a lot of um like best buy distribution and suncoast video just these uh chains were selling his stuff they were also selling unearthed um, and Unearth was selling a lot of Japanese stuff, so they had uh, like Rubber's Lover, mm-hmm. and you could find stuff like Tetsuo Iron Man. Yeah, and uh, the well, Guinea Pig a... box set was just sitting next to the Vomit Gore trilogy at Best yeah. Buy, and you could actually buy that shit back then. It was crazy. No, yeah, and Steve Barrow and all that he did to get the Guinea Pig series. It's, it's a pretty cool story of the back and forth of how they were just. No, 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 not for that price. No, that way ridiculous price. And then just it all worked out in the end. But, you know, there's all he was doing was just one of those, you know, VHS swappers that were just trying to get all these bootleg bullshits and end up making a big career out of it. And then there was uh, also another label called Arts Magic Video that had uh, some stuff. It was just a good time for buying physical copies. It's like crazy to think about being able to go to the mall and like i remember hot topic had the august underground trilogy right and, and now like, they're like 100 a pop you know, like. yeah <laughs> it's just it was it was a good time and i i had quite the collection back then it's crazy um right now i have decent sized collection but over the years i've sold a lot of my stuff um but i still have like i have an asian section that's humongous um yeah and i'm probably about like 200 films but they're they're all I try not to fluff my stuff too much, so it's it's all, you know, the more underground. Yeah, I have a lot of classics in there. Like, I have, you know, all the George Romero movies, and mm-hmm. I have, like, all the um, slashers. I have, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, every Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street. I and have. don't be wrong, I, I love all that stuff, but, and I might eventually add that to my collection, but the stuff that I'm trying to get now are definitely stuff that uh, I know is going to be either hard to come by or I'm just always been the kind of like collector if, if i'm going to have something it might as well be something rare i'm, I'm kind of weird though because because i go through these phases and i just do the dumbest shit like i've done this throughout my whole life like i just sell stuff that's important to me mm-hmm. and then two years later i'm like either buying it again or just being really <clears throat> bummed, bummed that i sold it oh there's just so like, much stuff of of lost and i've had so many cool t-shirts that i've ended up like I had like a, I was just thinking the other day about a Cannibal Corp shirt that I just like gave to a thrift store, and I'm like, mm-hmm. God damn it! I wish I had that right now. But you know, and then like I've like recently had to rebuy some Takashi Miike movies because I sold sold them, and right. then I'm like, Why did I? I shouldn't have. Okay, new rule: don't sell stuff that's going to be hard to find on streaming later. Right. Well, sometimes you don't realize like that. Like, no one realized of how much gummo would end up being. Like, stuff yeah. Like that. <laughs> or how hard it's going to be to find because like i mean finding for example i was trying to watch full metal yakuza um it's on youtube but it's in like 360p 
And like, I don't want to watch it in that quality. So I ended up having to buy the DVD again. So it's stuff that like, especially foreign stuff or like right. underground extreme stuff, like, no, for sure. And that's why I, I completely understand why people are, are um, you know, against people illegally downloading and seeing things. But there, I think there are certain degrees of some rarities that you're just never going to ever physically own. So why not just download it? Nobody's distributing it. Nobody's losing money. But there's, but there are like, but if there, I think there's active distributors. They're, they're indie. There's stuff like that. Like show them some support. Um, so I'm definitely on the the either side of that coin. I think the problem that a lot of distributors have with even that logic, though, is that those sites that are providing the material you're talking about also provide the material that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So it's like they want that that site shut down because they're giving away their shit for free. Which sucks because, you know, there's no, it's like a double-edged sword. Like, you want that rare stuff, but mm-hmm. at the same time, those same sites are ripping off companies. Oh, for sure. And But then there's also just a buttload of people that are just bootlegging. And I think, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I know a lot of times when you're, when you're playing things off as being the original and then bootlegging, I think is more detrimental than actually just knowing it's a physical download. So, anyway, that was just kind of a brief discussion of, you know, what we're all about and kind of what makes us tick. Um, the point of this podcast, I think is really just going to be drawing people like ourselves, uh, that love extreme underground stuff and rare stuff and foreign stuff. Um, so we can connect with our listeners. Um, we want people to actually like talk to us about this. Yeah. And also dive into some topics that you don't really hear a lot of people talk about or are afraid to talk about. Um, you know, just things that are, you know, that have kind of affected the horror community or things that are talked about in the horror community that are are still taboo or I don't know, what is taboo now and kind of diving into a lot of that. Yeah, I think I think also our mission statement will be to expose people to things they may not know about. Like, say we do our uh, favorite European horror films. We're not going to put in movies like Martyrs or High Tension. We might mention them briefly, but... We'll get we, more into, like, Baby Blood. Yeah, we know we know everyone's seen those, so instead we'll mention stuff like Baby Blood, Blood or... Or is it Blood Baby? I don't know. <laughs> Evil Within, yeah, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, we, we really want to try to expose people to, to new things and not try to rehash, because, you know, you can go on Spotify and these topics have been covered already, so we want to go into new territory... Um, and, you know, we'll definitely try to draw in people uh, with, by bringing you new episodes about stuff that maybe even hasn't even had a podcast yet about. Um, we might have some interviews down the line. We've been thinking about talking to certain filmmakers or different people, maybe affects people in the horror scene right now. And, and then, you know, eventually maybe we'll get friends if we have a friend that wants to join in or whatever. I mean, we're, we're basically open to anything. Um, just as long as, you know, we are bringing you guys something original, um, and that hasn't been done yet. I think quality violence cinema, um, we want to give you guys a quality podcast, something that hasn't been done a hundred times. Yeah. And not afraid to dive deep. And so I feel a lot of people get kind of shallow, even in their reviews and what they talk about. It's like, you know, this is kind of good. Uh, I recommend it. All right. You know, like we're kind of more getting into 
more of like a synopsis into a lot of these films and what they're truly trying to say and um and what their what their images and or their final product so that'll that'll be it for this episode our episode we could even call this episode zero because it wasn't really a topic um more of an introduction um and we're going to try to put this out um consistently and we're going to try to bring it to as many platforms as possible and yeah that's that'll be it for for this episode thank you very much thank you